What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pixelist Podcast, the podcast about all the things we love and enjoy. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Will. That's Blake. And today we're here to talk a little critical role. I cleared my throat during the intro and immediately <laughs> thought, oh, no. I heard it. <laughs> so did all of you. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. I um uh... I spoke to you a bit earlier today and told you I was tired, but since then I have consumed my full cup of coffee and I can feel it working its magic. So, um, here in a couple hours, you'll be on to number two. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will be. It's definitely a two cup day. It hmm. might be a three cup day. I don't know. I got. A, I got a lot I need to accomplish today, and we got a holiday party for my girlfriend tonight. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, it's so, for your girlfriend is is it like her? It's not her birthday. No, no. Like I just meant like it's her works oh holiday party oh um, okay i thought you were like throwing a holiday party for her <laughs> no, no sorry <laughs> yeah. like yeah it's kind of a big deal around here yeah let me tell <laughs> she you. expects a lot <laughs> She's okay a menace. um but no uh so yeah i'm just i got we i mean not that we not that everyone needs to know our life story but you know didn't sleep much last night so got a lot to accomplish before that tonight um but yeah i'm i'm feeling good though coffee's working how about yourself good i got up early. i feel like this is just like complaint session like got up early <laughs> tired <laughs> kids are crazy um no i'm doing good yeah we're going out of town tonight for my uh in-laws uh they do their christmas i guess this would be like a week early i guess yeah, that is pretty early. early when are you coming back is it just um, a weekend on, thing yeah mm. on monday so like four or five day thing um so yeah, no, we're excited about it. It's kind of weird to like think about like starting the holidays already. Um, yeah, do you already get? I mean, I guess you already did your shopping for them at least. <laughs> I will do that. We'll cut this. We'll cut this in post. Um, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, like I, I every year I tell myself I'm going to be on top of my shopping, and I have so much to do still. Mm -hmm. it stresses me out, honestly. But you know. Yeah, I tried to do it early, and then I realized I was broke, and thought, "Well, this was yep. <laughs> this was yep. fun. It's a struggle." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. So, times. and then and then there was like this one thing my wife asked me to get, so I kept delaying it because I didn't have any money. And then finally, when I was going to get it, it was out of stock uh, for the holidays. So I was like, "We're just not going to get that." What so, was it? Or is it? It was like I got her. Um, she's like really like big into organic things and i got her this um it was like this i don't know if i'm exp explaining it the right way by the way but like this organic like cream um or it was like um i'm butchering this like wholesomely mailed made i don't know like okay it's, it's all in a, it's everything's good about it you gotcha. know yeah. and um she really liked it i got it for her last year um and she loved it actually and was like this is all i want all i want is this again and it came like it came like in this little jar and it was like a cream for like your hands and i mean she like scooped out every last <laughs> bit of that i mean the jar is empty yeah um but it's one of those things where like the jar is like this big and it's 30 dollars. yeah um so i mean i guess they know their customers right but um so i kept putting it off and then and now they're out of stock so I'm like the worst. Dang. Yeah, I am. 
Maybe, I meant that's the worst, not you. <laughs> maybe they'll maybe they'll restock before the holidays. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, last year, last year when I ordered for them, it didn't come till like three weeks after Christmas, Oof. and they like sent like a big email about how like this will never happen again. Like we're so sorry, uh, and they actually like refunded it last year, which was kind of nice. Yeah, but um, uh, this year I guess they're being a lot better about like we have none, <laughs> so do not ask. <laughs> so anyway, that's you know that's random details about my holiday shopping. So. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for tuning in, y'all. We will be yeah, back next week. Yeah. Let you know how uh, it went. Other announcements. We got our um, watch party on Sunday nights. If you haven't ever checked it out before, we typically uh, usually watch something CR-related or D&D-related. And um, lately for the holidays, though, we've been picking uh, holiday movies. We've watched Die Hard so far. We've watched Jingle All the Way. And Classics. I think this Sunday we're watching uh, Home Alone. Yes. Another classic movie. The trifecta, in my opinion, yeah. those three. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'd love for you to join us. And then the following Sunday, which is Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. we will be watching The Night Before Christmas. So, I mean, can it get any mm-hmm. more perfect than that? Right. So join the Discord. Join us for that. And also uh, tonight, uh, at, the, at the time of recording this, it is Thursday. Uh, there will be a new Critical Role episodes. So we will be having our typical watch party for that as well. So mm-hmm. we'd love to have you. Yeah, and um, I had something valuable to add to that, and now I've forgotten what it was. But... Was it that everyone is welcome, regardless of a fandom level? Yes, everyone is welcome, which I think is surprising for some, because some people are really... Uh, excited about CR and some people are more casual and some people are a little bit insecure about their, you know, level of casualness. I'll just say like whatever question, the whole point of the discord is like when we have our watch parties or we, we do watch party with the live stream, like Will mentioned, um, you know, you can ask questions, throw out your favorite theories. Um, honestly, we're trying to just make it better than Twitch chat. Um, yeah, not hard to not do. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's actually not like the explicit, like we're trying to, you know, beat Twitch, but you know, we just really love this as a hobby for our lives and want other people to enjoy it too. Yeah. Um, and then I do remember I was going to say on Fridays now, we have a live stream mm. at one o'clock central time. That is uh, our Pixel Bits live show where we talk about um, D&D, Critical Role, DMing. Will and I have been DMs before and um, we kind of just talk through all those things with you guys. So if you want to come to our live show and ask a question or hang out with us, uh, that's every Friday at one o'clock. It's just half an hour. So real quick. But yeah, so that will be, be tomorrow. tomorrow if you're watching this when we put it out. And uh, yeah, last last time we talked a lot of video games, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Gate had just one game of the year. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we'd love to have you guys. It's more of a like kind of impromptu. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but we just kind of go back and forth with those of you that show up in the chat. So we'd love to have you. Um, this next one should be fun because we're going to be dialing in remote for the first time. So come watch yeah, us be boomers be with the technical difficulties. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to struggle. Yeah. <laughs> so I was at an event today where people were talking about millennials and Gen Zers. And I was like, Hey, just so you guys can know everything you're saying about us, people said about you when you were, when you were a kid, yeah. or a kid, but anyway, besides the point. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's it, right? All the announcements? Um, yeah. The uh, World's Beyond Number, we're covering that show as well. I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys are tired yep. of us talking about it. Um, that'll be coming out probably not 
probably I don't know when, not this week. Um, but yeah, we there's so there's one episode we have yet to cover on that, but then they're going on a little Christmas break. So um, we will mm-hmm. obviously get that episode out before the next one comes back, and probably a good right. ways before that. But um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, before we jump into, uh, or rather, as we start each episode for Critical Role, we like to do a little recap where we talk about what happened in the latest episode. Uh, and then what we like to do is we like to cut that out and put it up on YouTube as a separate video. Uh, so if you're watching just the recap, down in the description is a link to our whole video discussion. That's when we actually talk about uh, our favorite um, theories, thoughts, and hashtag justice for ashton um <laughs> and uh and we want to know what you think about the episode so that's a great place for you to go to and leave a comment let us know what you think uh but having said that this was episode 79 of campaign three uh to hurt is to heal i think or to heal is to hurt one of the two to hurt is to heal yeah to hurt is to heal And this episode opens up sort of on uh, the moments before this team building event is set to transpire. If you remember, they've gone to the Fey Realm, to the Ligament Manor because of uh, what happened underneath Whitestone with Ashton and Fern and the Shard of Raushan uh, two episodes prior. And essentially, uh, people are making some small talk. Um, Chetney is sort of like thinking about the nature of the Ligament Manor and Grandmother um uh mori and can she grant wishes and that leads to a conversation on like what would you wish for and he talks about you know to be young again and fcg really tries to ping him in the sense of like why would you want to be young again would it be to spend time with deanna and he's like well no and he's like well then why uh and is very much like putting on sort of like his therapist hat of like you know what's the what's the point like why would you want to be young again which i think is an important detail that'll come up in the back half of this episode um meanwhile there's a couple of other conversations that happen uh first of all Oram, who wasn't in the previous episode because uh, liam what liam wasn't present uh is gonna pull ashton away from the tiki bar <laughs> in the ligament manner and is going to um basically say like hey let's take a walk let's have a conversation um takes ashton down uh to the area below the ligament manor and is kind of like you know ashton i was really freaked out by what happened yesterday but um and it's very much kind of like a hey i need you on your best like we we have a lot that's about to happen and he points out that hey no one's coming to save us like it's just us so i need you i need you as your best self uh and you know really sort of gives it was kind of like a tough love conversation but more importantly uh, there was a lot of warmth from from orum that ashton didn't necessarily get from other people in the group um so they had this great conversation. Um, Ashton basically says, like, yeah, I think I know what I want to say to try to kind of like make this right with the group. Uh, and then they return back to the Tiki Bar. Separately, um, Fern goes and finds Birdie, who's at the uh, Maury's collection room and is like, hey, uh, Morgan told me you have something you should probably tell me. And Birdie's like, I think I know what it is she wants me to tell you. And so they go on this walk. They go to like this um, garden courtyard where there's all like the frozen people in time, like kind of the petrified people, kind of horrifying to have this heart to heart. Yeah. And <clears throat> essentially, Fern Fern's mother reveals that Ollie is in fact not her dad and that her father is actually 
um, the Sorrow Lord Zathuda of the Unseelie Court, who works directly for Seminar, one of the five uh, Archfeys of the Feywild, and tells the story of um, a time when she was allured by um, uh, dark impulses and originally had encountered Ali and enjoyed tormenting Ali. But it was then through Ollie that she discovered what love really meant. Um, but at the time, she was with uh, Zathuda, who basically um, brought Birdie to Exandria uh, to give birth to Fern intentionally under the red light of Ruidus to become a Ruidus born. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then after that happened, Bertie realized that this was more of like an intentional plan and that uh, Zuthuda seemed to sort of lose interest in her and was much more keen to talk about uh, lewdness and the mages um, that were working with him and sort of like this big deliberate plan. Until finally Bertie uh, effectively ran away and sort of gave up that life. Um, so Morgan's comment on uh, Fern being like her mother with this. Uh, meeting with Tevin is a reference to her um, uh, relationship to Zathuda and that, that Zathuda knows that Fern exists and that it's not the, and, and that Zathuda has tried in the past to um, retrieve Fern, but knows better than to invade on Morgan's domain. Um, there's a couple of funny lines here about um, Bertie being like, you know, you mean Ollie are still your parents and Ollie's still your dad. You know, we're still the ones who raised you, even though we're not, he's not your dad. Kind of like a cliche line. And Fern's like, yeah, well, I mean, you weren't really around, but you know, that's, that's fine. Sure. Um, eventually they head back to the group. Um, they get back to the Tiki bar. Uh, they're asking Allura some questions about what does she know about grandmother Morgan? Who's the, who's the moon weaver? Um, you know, what do you know about Saminar and Zathuda? And Allura sort of gives like the classic NPC lore dump on, you know, yeah, Seminar is one of the Archfays and uh, is mysterious and isn't quite um, involved. Um, the Unseelie Court is kind of defined by uh, violence and um, these other impulses, not necessarily evil, but a bit more chaotic. Uh, but then also gives a detail that uh, Zathuda uh, holds the blade Dusk Hunger of the eternal flame i think or of the black flame dusk hunger of the black flame i think to which the party in instantly is like we have to get that sword <laughs> like no matter what we have to get it <laughs> bring me that um, sword it's around this time that morgan comes back with fcg who she's been planning the team building with and fcg's memory has been wiped and is like it's gonna be great i don't remember what it is but it's gonna be good uh and they agree that um the three areas to discuss uh, in this team building event is honesty, communication, and trust. And they will have three trials around these things, uh, all around um, trying to restore uh, what has happened to the team. Um, Morgan gives them some tea to um, initiate the beginning of this event, and then we go to break. So you want to take it from there? Yes, sir. So... We pick up with the second half um, <clears throat> with this first uh, event taking place. And essentially what happens is um, Bell's Hells find themselves hurtling down uh, this massive chasm. 
And the, the chasm is like sheer. The walls are like completely straight down, <clears throat> impossible to climb. And Morgan has uh, thrown a monocle down in here as well. And she's like, find the monocle, bring it back up to the top. Um, <clears throat> the catch being that the only way to climb back up is for the party to reveal truths about themselves. Uh, if they do, then parts of the sheer cliff will morph into climbable terrain, if you will. Matt does get pretty creative with it, but that's the gist of it. Okay, so for the sake of brevity, this this was an amazing section. Um, but for the sake of brevity, I'm just going to go through each of the truths that every character revealed during this segment. Um, <clears throat> they do ultimately successfully retrieve the monocle and climb and bring it back to Morgan. But in the process of that, FCG says that uh, they enjoy silver more than copper, a big reveal. Um, but then they also say that they pity the rest of Bell's Hells because they have beating hearts and opportunities, but don't do enough with them. And um, also that deep down, they feel really good whenever they hurt or kill something. It helps them relax and relieve their stress. And finally, FCG reveals that they are worried that they might have put all their eggs in one basket with the Changebringer. And sorry if the Changebringer betrays them all. Um, next up, we have Imogen. And she says that she is genuinely scared to meet her mom again. Um, she loves Laudna deeply, but is disgusted at the thought of Delilah basically watching the two of them all the time from, you know, behind her eyes. Um, she also says that she knows they're supposed to save the gods, but she's tried talking to various gods her whole life and none of them ever responded. So that made her feel tainted and she doesn't know if she wants to save gods that don't love her. And uh, finally, she tells Fern that she was really disappointed in her for running away from the shard and running away from her power. Next up, we've got uh, Chetney, who says that uh, wood is better than metal. <clears throat> he also says that he fears that there's a dwindling interest in wood and wooden toys and that children will soon find them obsolete. And therefore, he fears he is becoming obsolete with each passing year that he grows older. And um, finally, Chetney may have the biggest bomb of them all in this section where he reveals uh, some of his backstory. He says that he grew up in the Bramblewood outside of Western. <clears throat> and when he was a kid, he came back from learning to make toys and found that his whole family had abandoned him. All that were left behind were toys. Um, they ran when Erevan, the Rhyme Lord, was running across the plains. And so he says he's afraid of dragons. Um, and he says he has five siblings. Alabaster, Pepper, Sugarplum, Hermie, and Jad. <laughs> and that he was so mad when they left that he never went and looked for any of them. And now they're probably all dead. So he thinks that any family he has is just going to ultimately leave him. And that's why he doesn't ever make attachments um, to people. Uh, next up, we have Laudna. And she says that deep down inside, both Delilah and I kind of want the shard. She does say like she wants Fern to have it, but just deep down, she no longer knows what are her feelings, opinions and desires and what are Delilah's. Um, and finally, she says that sometimes she fantasizes of just of just abandoning this quest to save the world and just living her own life. Um, next up, we have Orem, and he says that he is super lonely all of the time, especially at night. And it doesn't matter if he's like bunking with one of Bell's Hells or not. He's still just incredibly lonely. 
Um, <laughs> he also reveals that he he laughs it off, but he does secretly wonder if Chetney is his dad. And um, <clears throat> he finally says, or excuse me, two more things. He says he loves all of Bell's Hells, but he has spent time thinking about how to neutralize each and every one of them if it were to come to it. And finally, he says he really misses Dorian, but sometimes he thinks that's okay, and sometimes he doesn't. Um, next up, we have Ashton, who says that, uh, or he reveals, um, excuse me, they reveal that they are the reason that Gianna Hexum robbery went sideways, and they're the reason why they got thrown out of the window, and they feel like they deserved getting left by the nobodies. Also, uh, Ashton reveals that anytime it's too quiet, uh, they start worrying about that one of them is going to kill another one of them accidentally and that they've panicked thinking about what happens when that happens. Um, and finally, Ashton admits that they feel worse about messing with Fern's life in the whole shard debacle uh, more so than they are upset about what happened to themselves and wishes that they would have died instead of hurting Fern. Um, and finally, Fern reveals that <clears throat> she feels like they're very ill-equipped for this job of saving the world and she thinks they're going to fail. And then she says that she does stuff to the rest of Bell's Hells while they're sleeping. Not weird stuff, just like to look at you and sometimes touch you. Nothing bad, she says. Um, <clears throat> so after all those truths are revealed, successfully giving the monocle back to Morgan, they complete the quest and Morgan actually gives them the monocle, which is a magical item that does not require attunement, but allows you to detect magic once a day, see invisibility twice a day, and use arcane eye once a day. Um, next, the group decides to do the test of communication. So, Mori um, kind of spews out fog, and the next thing they know, Bell's Hells find themselves in this chamber where they can only see about, like, 100 feet in any direction. And in the center is a thunder wasp hive, and the wasps react to large sounds and panicking. Uh, Morgan asks for three volunteers, Ashton, Imogen, and Chetney raise their hands, and then skin grows over their eyes, so they're they're blind. And Matt gives out blindfolds to each of um, Travis, uh, Laura, and Talison. And so this was so much fun, Matt. So out of game, the players are wearing blindfolds, and Matt puts this board in front of them that has like a path that he has drawn out. And so each of those players that are blindfolded have to take a mini and guide it successfully down that exact path um, using only the guidance that the non-blindfolded players give them. Um, in universe, that player, in game I mean, um, Chetney is transported to like this, this other place where just this massive chasm on either side and just like the narrowest of paths he can walk and he must walk to the end. Um <clears throat> So, so, so much fun. Um, Chetney successfully navigates because he's the one that does it first. Um, mostly thanks to uh, Liam and Sam's guidance. So the next round, when Laura goes, um, Matt describes Orum and FCG's mouths like growing over and being sewn shut so they can no longer help. Um, so Laura goes and she is successful as well. Uh, and then after that round, uh, Chetney and Laudna's mouths are sewn shut uh, because they were the ones that guided her. So for Ashton, we just have Imogen and Fern left to guide them. 
Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, though, due to some poor rolls and some wasps, like I mentioned earlier, those came in when the party got too loud and basically made the DC more difficult. Um, Ashen does unfortunately fail towards the very end um, and falls into the abyss. But since it is just like a test, he just appears back again. And Morgan's like, you know, sorry, you guys failed, but I'll give you one more chance. You can go one more time, but it'll be real. So like if you fall, you fall. And Orem volunteers to do this. Um, and he's allowed to pick two people to guide him. And so he picks Chetney and Imogen. Um, Matt also slams down an hourglass for this one. Uh, for the previous ones, there was no time limit, but for this one, there's five minutes. Um, however, they're able to easily breeze through it in about three and a half minutes with no setbacks. Um, so they are successful in this trial of communication. And Mori gives them a magical scarf of intrusive intent, which lets you cast suggestion once a day, magic mouth twice a day, and fear once a day. Also, no attunement. So for the final test, <clears throat> they are once again surrounded by fog and they find themselves like deep in the Fey forest. And Mori says, you must learn to trust one another. This is the trial of trust. There are three altars somewhere in the surrounding forest and on each is an ivory branch. Just get that and bring it back to me and lay it in this central well here. That's it. And they're like, okay. But she's like, here's the catch. And two doppelgangers walk up. And she says, these doppelgangers have been studying you this whole time. They know you in and out. Um, you're going to have to figure out which two of you are going to be replaced by the doppelgangers before they ruin the game. And that's where the episode ends. Uh, again, that was episode 79. To hurt is to heal. And, Great uh, job, man. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot. Um, but once again, our recap, if you're on that video and you want to hear our full thoughts, it will be linked down in the description below. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's talk about it. Um, fun episode, man. Like I loved th this. Felt very um classic D and D to me, which I've said that before. But like the the um blindfolds and like working on the battle map, like that's very like yes. that's very in house D and D. Like you're working some with your hands. You have little trinkets or like yes. something to manipulate in some way. Um, so I love, I love how Matt did that. Um, and you know, it, it was just, it, it, I, I just, like I said, it was just kind of like classic D and D. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite episodes of campaign three so far, because we got some amazing RP and lore kind of reveals yeah. in that, in that honesty trial and then peak D and D in the communication trial. Um, I, I don't know the next time I will DM, but like I'm stealing that, you know, maybe not like verbatim that exact situation, but like stealing the blindfold and the communication thing, because you could just tell how much fun they were having. Um, and it was infectious. Like I was having a great time. Um, so, yeah, absolutely loved it. I love that Matt, you know, is still doing stuff to kind of keep them on their toes, um, you know, by throwing new and unexpected things at them. And I was also very excited to see the return of the hourglass. It's been a long time since he's he's thrown that thing down. Um, oh, is that a thing? Yeah, he he used to do it. I mean, not like all the time by any means, but I can't even remember the last time he did it before this. Um, but yeah, it just kind of makes <clears throat> it kind of makes the tension that much higher, you know, because you're like, oh, we got to go. We got to go. 
Yeah, so yeah. I keep like I keep muting and unmuting because my dog's going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about a joke of like every session, like, and here's the hourglass. I'm like, yeah. stop, stop. <laughs> what do you want to order at the tavern? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's fun, man, and yeah, it's fun. Like these little like ideas and games that you're like, oh, I'm gonna do that for my campaign. Unfortunately, for one of my campaigns, uh, a couple of players watch Critical Role, so like I can't. Um, I can't you do can it. You can still do it. I mean, you could still steal that. I mean, I think that would just be fun. Yeah. I will say, I will say, I said last time I thought the truth about Fern was going to be a detail I was thinking of for one of my players, and I was going to think they thought that I stole it, mm-hmm. but it turned out it went a whole different direction. Mm. So the idea is saved. Nice. So we can't talk about it because I know they also watch the Pixel List. Mm. So, okay. So okay. I see you. You're not getting anything out of me. Keep your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> um so anyway but yeah fun session um fun hands-on stuff i'm very curious what the trust piece is going to be it felt like kind of like mafia i guess or they said werewolves yeah it, it's, it's like among us right like yeah. some kind of like game like that i guess um so i'm really curious like the mechanics of that and how they'll kind of navigate it yeah I'm i'm really excited for that matt matt kind of i mean he didn't go in depth or anything, but I think he at least revealed that he's basically going to hand out cards. Right. And it's two like of those cards will say like, you're, yeah, you're the yeah. doppelganger. And I believe it'll have some like objectives for them. Yeah. Um, Which is I, really fun. Yeah. I think it's going to be great, especially with, with this table at certain table. Like, I got, I don't think you could do this with any table because I think a lot of people will be tempted to metagame and be like, mm-hmm. well, I'm the doppelganger, but I want bells hells to win so that we, you know, do the trial, like we get this magic item and we complete the trial, but I don't think that's going to be an issue with, with them. I think, I think whoever the doppelgangers are, are going to go hard trying to ruin it. Yeah. This table does such a good job for, um, not metagaming in the sense of, I think back to when they were at the museum in, um, can't think of what the place was called, but they were doing like the, the museum heist. Yeah. And Chetney, Travis (laughs) knew the room he was walking into had traps but instead of being like, I'd be really suspicious. Yeah. And he was just like, what? And then like purposely <laughs> ran into the trap. Like, that's really fun. I had a player yesterday who did an insight check on someone and they rolled like a four. And I was like, I was like, you feel pretty good about it. And he was like, all right, but I want to tell people I don't feel confident about my answer. And I was like, <laughs> with, with a four, you feel great about yeah. it. Like you, <laughs> you, you feel great. Yeah. And he was like, but I still feel nervous because it wasn't a good role. And I was like, like, nope. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> yeah. You feel you've never been more certain in your life. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I like how Chetney did that. And so, you know, I, and I think that would apply for anyone at this table, whoever the uh, person, the doppelganger ends up being, I think you're right. That it's going to be, it's going to be, um, you know, fully embracing the chaos of it. Just, just to, just to make a really fun session for everybody. Yeah, I'm really excited to to see that next one play out. I'm I'm really curious to who's going to be the doppelganger. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I, this is dumb to say, but we won't know either. You know, I'm sure the audience will will be in the dark as well. So it'll be fun trying to guess who mm-hmm. it might be while it's going on. Um, yeah. Oh man, I wish I could watch it live tonight. That's so great. It will be fun. I hope. Um, and then I think. In the um, the weekly scheduling like post that they put out, where they you know like 
Thursday, new episode of Critical Role. I think they mentioned that they return from the Feywild. So maybe that, I mean, that maybe that happens at the very end of the episode for all I know, but I could see like first half being that and then second half maybe coming back and I don't think we'll get to the moon, but like that's next up on the plate, I assume. Um, so yeah, I, I could see them like heading out to the excavation site. Um, yeah. which I think you're going to get teleported there, right? Uh, oh yeah. The, yeah. I think so. so. From Allura. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I guess I'm surprised they're coming back because I actually wondered if there'd be like some hijinks with the Unseelie Court and yeah. the Sorrow Lord, which I guess it would have been a bit forceful to be like, hey, can we go check this out? But I did wonder um, yeah. if that would happen, um, which what a great callback. I It's funny, like as a DM, when you create like connections that like back then were like, oh, the Sorrow Lord Zathuda, mm-hmm. like this is crazy. Um and then who was Dusk? Was Dusk talking to Zathuda or was it directly to Seminar? It was Zathuda. Um, okay, yeah. When it was like Seminar grows impatient, mm-hmm. whatever. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I guess. Or Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'm sure it was fun for Matt to like have these details and be like, it's your dad. You know? <laughs> yep. Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, totally. thought that was a really cool. Um, I thought that was a really cool answer for for who her dad was because you know as we've been speculating on could it be a devil you know you know um so i I liked that a lot i thought that was very interesting and it's a good place to park for a bit because i feel like it it doesn't give us the answers but it kind of fills in some blanks on a lot of things we've been wondering Mm -hmm. about with fern this whole time um there's some like construction going on hopefully that's not coming through the mic um Mm -hmm. but so one, we finally know why the re- like the concrete reason of why she was left with Morgan. It was to protect. It wasn't because they stole. The, I mean, maybe to some extent it was because they stole the Moontide crown. But really, it was because of who her dad was. And this is like the one place he can't get to her. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I thought that was really interesting. And like, what a <laughs> what a dick move to be like Morgan to be like, hey, I got your kid. You can't come here. <laughs> um but I, I'm still curious, like, what Morgan was offered, but I think it was Fern, like, because Morgan yeah. always says she's mine, um, mm-hmm. because clearly, even if, even if Morgan likes, um, what's it, Birdie? Birdie, I think is her, Fern's mom name. I think even if that is the case, clearly <laughs> there was a deal made to protect Fern, Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think it's because she is Morgan's given how she always refers to her in that way. But I wonder like what that means. And maybe it doesn't mean anything, you know, that will get explored in this campaign. Maybe it doesn't even mean anything period, but, um, I am curious if there's like any strings we aren't aware of that are attached to that situation. Yeah. And we're not really clear on what Morgan what do you do here? <laughs> what exactly <laughs> is your job? But the fate weaver and like she mentioned Fern, like there being like something special about Fern and Fern's path. And yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's just the collector 
in mm. Mori that like here's the daughter who's a rude is born of the sorrow lord like this is a really cool thing to have yeah or if it's more the former of like i should probably hold on to you for a bit like this could you know not necessarily like black and white this could be bad or good but like you know it's i'm more keen to keep you i, I do think we theorized a long time ago that it maybe it wasn't so black and white that um she was doing a favor for Bertie mm. and Ollie and that it was actually in her own interests. Yeah. Um, and it's, I feel like that it's pretty fair to say that's confirmed yeah. that it was more about Fern than it really was about Bertie and Ollie. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, there's still, there's still a big question mark on Fern for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think you're right though. I think it is Morgan wanted that for her collection. Cause we know she, collects oddities like that and even the rudest born and stuff aside the way she is like uniquely moving through the threads of fate that morgan likes to play with um so i think you're totally right with with that like she wanted to just add fern as her thing um but yeah so also just fern we know she's unique in in this way through the through the threads um We've known she was rude as born this whole time, but now, now I'm just, some pieces are starting to come together because she was like created in a way, like not like in a lab, but like there was intentionality behind her birth from yes. Zethuda's side of things. Mm -hmm. And we also know that the Unseelie court has their own plans for this mm -hmm. solstice because dating back to a conversation I don't remember what episode it was, but when Odahan was meeting with them, uh, she even says like, this is not verbatim, but essentially like lewdness is a pawn. Like who we, we don't care what he does. Like we'll dispose of him if we need to type of comment, which is kind of crazy in retrospect, but now like, cause he's like the linchpin of this whole thing. Right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it's just, so it's interesting to me that whatever machinations the unseelie have going on are kind of, I think they need Ludinus clearly because he's the one unleashing Pradathos, if I can put it in that simple box. Um, but beyond that, like that's all they need him for. So like, I'm curious, like what, what they're trying to do with that situation then. Um, yeah. And it would almost kind of be like a big question mark if this campaign ends without the Unseelie court being looped in again in some way. Um, Cause you do kind of wonder like, what is, what is their prerogative? What is their plan Fern's existence is clearly a piece of it. Maybe not the piece, but is a piece of it. Yeah. Um, the moon tide crown, moon tide crown, um, which I guess I kind of sort of forgot about dust coming back in 30 days, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very curious how their intentions are going to intersect with um, what lewdness is trying to do. Yeah. Um, and it could become like an enemy of my enemy as my friend kind of deal. Like they go to the moon and they're, um, I thought Fern had a great comment on like, Hey, we're really ill equipped, equipped for this, which I, you know, I feel mm -hmm. like we've been saying this whole campaign, like, yeah. like they are screwed. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I, uh, I, in my campaign recently, I, the party's level two and I mentioned this creature coming to this to the town called a solemn night and they were like we're effed we're effed we're level two like we have to get out of here mm -hmm. and like i feel like that's what we've been saying the whole campaign is like yeah. like there's such a disparity here point being i wonder if 
the Fae, the Unseelie Court would show up on the moon or be involved in some way. Um, I don't know. So it's very like, it's such a stupid reference, but very um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare-esque when like Makarov offers to help you like take down the general, I think in Modern Warfare 2 or 3. Um, it's like the most abstract reference, but I think the, I think the, the missions called the enemy of my enemy is my friend or something, but yeah, I, there you go. <laughs> I, uh, I can't remember that specifically, but I vaguely kind of remember. Um, yeah, it's sad that I do, but <laughs> the, uh, I could see, so like I could see like enemy of my enemy, I could see something coming into play there, but at least not yet, because I do think their goals are aligned. Ludinus and Unseelie's goals are aligned <clears throat> at least so far in, getting rid of the gods um right which is just which is interesting so like my guess here is that they clearly want it for different reasons if we can take ludinus at his word which for the sake of this we're going to ludinus just wants the gods gone for my money the unseelie want to replace them i think that because we know that Saminar hates the Moonweaver, so he's trying to i get rid of her and maybe ascend himself, maybe not to like that position exactly, mm. but like, I feel like there's like a jealousy of, of power mm. there. Um, yeah. And I think Allura said something around, like they want like the power vacuum or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And there was, there was some comment about, I think during the Odahan Zathuna conversation about like, you will be like forgiven when the moon weaver is gone or something, something like that. Um, so it's just super interesting for for a couple of reasons. One, I kind of fell into the simplistic trap of lewdness, bad guy. Like we got to deal with him. But like, let's say that lewdness is successful in dealing with Pradathos. Like that happens, and then but the gang takes him out, and now it's like, well, the gods, you know, whatever. That's kind of in their hands now, their problem. But we dealt with lewdness, right? There's so many other factions that are probably already already working to utilize this you know unseelie being one of them like who knows however many other like very very powerful factions or entities are just like waiting for this moment to jump on it mm-hmm. um you know like ludinus could be like if he truly is just about like evening the playing field like might be the least of everyone's worries after the the fuse gets lit you know mm-hmm. um so it was just interesting to think about um but I the so all that. But the thing I'm really curious about is what what's Fern's purpose here? Because we know she was again. I'm going to use the word created just for simplicity. But we know she was like yeah. created for a purpose. We know that based on what Ludinus said in that in that episode, I think in Eos a long time ago. <clears throat> or maybe it wasn't Ludinus, but at some study. point we found out that like Fern is like a little bit rude as born compared to um, Imogen. What's the word? There's like a special word. Uh, exalted. 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 Yeah. Fern was exalted. not an exalted. Or, yeah. or exalted, I think. Yeah. Exalted. Yeah. Um, which it's just very curious to me because that you would think that like if she was, you know, built for this purpose, she would be like the highest form of it. Well, maybe it's because they sort of cheated, you know, like Imogen was was organically born under the under the true just born for simplicity. And right. Fern, I mean, they sort of manipulated, like, That's making sure she was born. I mean, they can, I don't want to say they control time, but they have 
They might and, have. Yeah. I mean, maybe it Literally. was like, okay, we're going to make sure she's born on this evening so that she can be rudest born. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe she's like a, a cheaper form of a rudest born <laughs> yes. because, because they cheated. They Diet cheated Rudis to make born. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so that could be why, yeah. but I, I do wonder what you're saying. Like to what end? Like, yeah. it seems like their plans continuing without her present. So what was the, the mechanism behind this? Yeah, I like what you said about controlling time because with the Feywild time, because they brought her to the prime material plane to be born, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like they could have literally, with if with a powerful enough Archfey, like we're seeing with Morrigan controlling Bell's Hells going mm-hmm. to and fro, Saminar, or maybe Zasuda himself is powerful enough to like, we're going to exit the Feywild on this day because I can make it line up to where it'll be a Rudus eclipse or whatever the case is. Um, it's really fascinating. But yeah, why? It seems like it has something to do with clearly the whole Pradathos situation and maybe ascending after the gods are wiped away or, or something. Could she have even been a key for the Malleus key? No, I don't think so because there's nothing divine about her necessarily. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, I just lost my train of thought. Um well, we know there's something. There is something special about her because mm-hmm. of the, uh, I oh. think the dark, the dark fern image we got of her. Yes. And okay. This... Yeah. That's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like, go ahead. Uh, that's where I was going. Is that like it seems like she has been created for a purpose, maybe to like fill a seat, you know? Because like we saw dark fern, which I think now knowing all the things we know, that is probably like what they want like what the student plan for fern is probably that whatever that is mm-hmm. um and so like i wonder if there's like some new i can never say this word when i try to hierarchy <laughs> is that right hierarchy yeah. hierarchy if there's some new like hierarchy of power they're trying to like establish with like specifically fey or specific bloodlines even and like fern is like her rightful place in this new world is dark fern to mm. fulfill whatever role that they have in their minds. Like maybe it's something like that. What um, was the bad guy in um, EXU trying to do again? Like, um, which one? The Oscar? main villain. No, the one at the very end who took Ted and like turned it into like an abomination or something <clears throat> like, cause like that reason I'm bringing it up is they originally, interacted with fern um looking at like the fey magic around that portal and there was like something about it that i don't know maybe i'm reaching i guess um i'm trying to remember like even that whole storyline yeah yeah i'm 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 dusty on it Uh, i don't remember now anyhow i i guess i'm wondering if fern if there was any detail there but i also wonder I guess I think this is a little bit unfair because I think in some ways it's like here are the plot threads that happen in EXU. Now, how do we pull them in to be part of the story a little bit? But but continuing to do that, why did Mori why did Morgan want Burn to go to Exandria regarding mm. wasn't there like a mission she was on? Mm-hmm. Like regarding I, like 
um, the crater or. Well, and I, well, she had I have lens too. Yeah, but. that's that's what I was gonna say. But it's been so like I haven't watched EXU since you and I watched it. So, mm-hmm. in what how many years now? So I could be completely wrong. But I thought the reveal was the lens. Yeah. Okay. But that yeah, that could have just been a misdirect, even. Yeah. You know, especially given everything else we know. But but we know Morgan like manipulated her memories too. Yeah, that's what. I still don't know if there's, and maybe there has, but I still don't know if there's been like a clear answer as to why. Yeah. Okay. And again, for anybody that didn't watch the or doesn't remember, and I might be butchering this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a moment where Fern rolls like a natural 20 insight or something. And she, she realizes that this memory she has of like walking with her, her grandmother through the portal to the prime material plane is like, is false. Right. Yeah. And then, and or was that the real memory in another memory? I think, I think that was the real memory. Okay. Um, but Abria described it in a really cool way. Um, yeah, okay. And, and then sort like, of whatever the case was, her memory was modified for some reason around that moment. Um it could and it could be a something as simple as maybe Fern found out the truth about her parents and like Morin's like, uh, nope, let me let me erase that real quick. Um, yeah. That would be slightly less satisfying, but it, but it no, could be something a, like that. Your dad's a Thuda came by again today. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oops. Never mind. Have this tea. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I do. And it kind of like a darker way. You do kind of wonder. Um, Fern uh, seems to adore Mori and is fully trusting of Mori. Yeah. And I, I almost kind of wonder how much of that is authentic and how much of that is kind of the machinations of Morrigan. Like she has full control of her memory. Um, yeah. So I don't think like Maury is like this fully, you know, evil, you know, whatever, but seems to have like a very powerful individual. And, um, you know, I, I think, I guess now we're talking in circles, just that, you know, it's, I don't think it's so much for Fern's benefit as it is for, Maury's benefit or maybe Maury's um, delight in having this mm-hmm. object for lack of better phrasing uh, in her collection. Yeah. I, I, I certainly think Morgan had selfish yeah. intentionality, but I will say that I think while that's certainly where it started, I do think that like she genuinely cares for Fern. Um, yeah. I, I mean, so she, I don't think, I mean, she didn't, she doesn't need to be doing what she's doing for them right now nor did mm-hmm. she need to like go fight Zethuda and get pretty badly injured, you know? Right. Um, but I think, I think both things can be true. I think like Fern could definitely have had a lot of manipulation over the years and maybe even false memories. But I do think there's a genuine love from Morgan to Fern. And I want to say it, it's from Fern to Morgan too, but I guess we don't know how much modification there was, but yeah, how um, much Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, true. True. So, well, just in the interest of time, um, we're coming up to an hour on this app. Um, I want to talk about the truths that were shared. Yes, me in too. The first um, exercise. Oh, I, yeah. I, there is one more thing I wanted to talk about, just real like a moment cap to this whole Fern stuff. One thing I thought was really interesting is that in, in the episode with you, when she's talking to Zithuda, she said like she's given an update on the Callaway mission and she's like, they have a daughter. So like 
that wasn't a known quantity. Now, maybe you is not like high enough in the ranks to have known, but it, but the fact that just some people didn't know makes me wonder, okay, like, was this a solo Zathuda plan? Like just his own mm. machinations that no one else knows about. Um, Cause he also didn't react to that information. He didn't say like, yeah, that's, that's my daughter, you know, like he definitely was played that coy, which I don't have much to say about it, but I just thought that in and of itself was very interesting. Well, and maybe presumably didn't mention that they had a daughter cause he didn't want you to kill the whole family, i.e. his daughter. Um, right. But you might, if, if that is the intention, you might want to just be safe. Cause you know, if she comes up on three people, she's just going to kill all three. Right. So you might be like, Hey, yeah. Don't well, I think kill probably, the young one. Yeah. <laughs> don't I ask think it why. Might be, I think it might be what you're saying. Like maybe this is less like a master plan that Fern's like the linchpin of <laughs> for the unsealed court and more like something Zathuda did on the side. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, hey, we got a pretty big plan going here. Let's make sure we don't like, you know, intentionally have any children under the Brutus born during this time. <laughs> He's like, no problems here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so uh, that would maybe make more sense. Like, oh, there's a kid. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I Good connection, though. Yeah, I think and I, no way of knowing. But for me, it's like an intentional thing. He's keeping secret for his own. machinations um which i wonder if it's even like somehow involved in because i mean he's under Saminar, right maybe he doesn't want to be so maybe fern is about like some sort of power play to even usurp like him be the top of the food chain um or maybe it's a backup plan like hey if this plan all goes to crap and pradathos is freed and wants to like devour everything like you know it's like the billy zane in the titanic like i got a kid i got this kid like (laughs) She's you one know. of yours. She's one of yeah. yours. <laughs> so um, I'm all she has in this world. So I don't know. Yeah. You should listen to your see friend Zayn. He's a cool dude. <laughs> so anyway. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the last thing. So now we can go back to what you were going to. Whatever happened to Billy Zane? I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. yeah. He's still around. Yeah, I think so. All right, yeah. Um, I don't necessarily like have like a certain truth I want to park on. Um, I did think it was really interesting, like hearing some things that like we kind of thought about. Um, like I thought it was interesting. Orem talking about his contingency plan for yeah. neutralizing each person, where I had always thought that was mostly, you know, we had seen a glimpse of that with Imogen. Right. Um, it was interesting that he's thought it through for everybody. Yeah. So, and understandably so, but yeah, I really liked that. And just Orms was, I mean, they were all kind of heartbreaking. I don't know who I would pick for to be the most, but, um, yeah, I think Lana was like, does anyone have any truths that are (laughs) that are happy? happy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just being lonely all the time, no matter what, it's just so sad. And then, I mean, pretty much confirmed that he is crushing on Dorian, I think with that. No, man, they're just great. What are you talking about? That one reveal. They're great friends. Yeah, just besties. This is his buddy. (laughs) Which we still don't know. I mean, I think it's probably fair to say that that is then (laughs) who um, Robbie was referring to as well. Because Robbie in in one of the talkbacks said that he had a crush, but he didn't reveal who it was. 
Um, I mean, it doesn't mean it has to be Orem, but I feel like that makes it a little bit more likely. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. okay, but there's there's a couple of truths that I did want to specifically park on, but you just you you move us off base or whatever. Um, okay. But first was FCG and the whole this I don't this isn't really anything like it was not a revelation, but it was cool to kind of get confirmation um, that he enjoys the violence, you know, like it, it relaxes. Yeah, he, uh, he basically said, I like hurting people. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> yeah. which I think I think is, I think is uh, makes sense and is like a cool character choice because he they were created for violence, you know, so like they're kind of like right. fulfilling their purpose. Um, but the, the way Sam worded it in that, like it relieves stress. I feel like that's a hard confirmation that like these stress points that we know he's been dealing with all campaign, that's how he gets mm-hmm. rid of them by, right. by killing people or hurting people. Right. Um, which is just so cool. I can't wait to like find out the ins and outs of these mechanics. Um, <clears throat> because on one hand we know he gets, I don't, I don't know the word for it, but like inspiration from when other people around him, like a rolling, back Mm -hmm. 20s and stuff so like there's that dichot that side of the dichotomy and then the other side of like murdering people um so like the highs and the lows i just thought it was cool Uh, (laughs) yeah and i wonder like where we're gonna get more context for him too like are are we gonna find like an old age of arcanum actually i guess it was pre-age of arcanum actually in hindsight um but i just i wonder what kind of technology is going to be on the moon and like kind of how we loop his story back in because there's still yeah there's still a big question mark about him too um for sure i mean some things yeah go ahead uh, yeah i I think i don't think the answer has to be found Mm -hmm. this way but i think a possibility could just be through lewdness since he's also that old and we've seen Mm -hmm. um automatons being used at the excavation site and stuff so i could like i could see lewdness by some tangential connection, like having other aormatons even maybe. Um, yeah. Or maybe there's more answers from D at a later point where they have more space right. to explore those things. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly feasting for some more info there. And especially not that it's even related, but especially also from Frida that, that whole mystery is still ringing around in my head with like the boy and you know, yeah. that, that moment of, the factorum malleus like getting yeah stormed um yeah right very curious about all that so i do hope we get some information from that time um okay moving down the list a little bit that specific memory was the fall of aor right i think so and i i could be wrong but i think it was the moment like the city like because they created the factorum malleus which was like the weapon against the gods and i think parts of the city were like, bro, the gods are going to kill us. Cause you made this thing. Like, and so they like were in fighting, uh, but then ultimately we know, or at least we've been told that the gods are the ones that brought it down. So, right. Okay. So that's I think right. that's what was happening. Um, <clears throat> uh, Imogen wasn't anything like really mind blowing there. Um, other than that, you know, the whole disgusted part, I'm sure that like stung Ladna a lot, even though it's not her fault. Yeah. Um, Chetney's a big one, but I kind of want to do that one last. Uh, okay. Or we talked about Ashton. Um, thought it was interesting that we kind of found out that they were the reason that robbery went sideways. Um, yeah. Not that that's like an ultra important reveal or mystery that we still need to uncover, but it was 
something in the back of my mind, like what went wrong that night. I thought yeah. it was just like circumstance, you know, like yeah. something happened. It, w- it went sideways and Ashton, unfortunately is the one that got left behind. But yeah. I, so I'm curious, is Ashton really the reason or is that just kind of the self-imposed, like I deserved this. Right. It was my fault. Um, Cause if, if, if they really are the reason I'm curious, like what actually happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then da, da, da. Fern what was Fern was again. Fern didn't really have anything juicy, just that like she thought they were gonna oh, yeah. fail. They they were well, ill-equipped and then that yeah, the, and that the touching. Yeah, <laughs> watching them while they sleep. That'll be a good inside joke, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> she kept yeah, I loved a lot of being like, you know, hey, you said it and now you're being kind of defensive <laughs> yeah. about it. So that was really funny. <laughs> it was really Nothing good. Bad. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, just I just touch you a little bit. Just touch just you a little like, bit. Just watch you stop, while you're sleeping. Can you stop saying it? <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I knew someone in high school who like watched someone else while they were sleeping, and there was nothing redeemable who? about it. I'm not gonna say yeah, the just name. Just give me like I'm an not, initial. I'm not. I'm not. Wait, wait. It. Why not? I'll tell you. I'll talk to you after. Okay. I'm curious. <laughs> I just, I just thought there is nothing redeemable about this. This is the weirdest, creepiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Creep is you know. Yeah, there's just nothing redeemable about it. So I know it was said like in jest and like joking, but it's also like, haha. And it's also really weird. Yeah, like you should think about that. <laughs> you should ex- you should examine so, that a bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, moving to uh, Laudna. Yeah, I just thought. I mean, this is again. This wasn't something that was like a revelation to us, but her kind of admitting that like she doesn't know what are her thoughts of Delilah's anymore. Yeah. Um, pretty scary thought and and admitting that yeah. like she wanted the shard um which i yeah. not that we need to like dive into this but it it seems like fern's gonna get it i would imagine i don't know i'm kind of annoyed at this whole thing because I, I don't have a problem with fern taking it but i also didn't like imogen being like hey i was disappointed like you like fern doesn't have a connection to the shard in any way so like her just being like i don't want it like i i kind of get like the you know you're saying you don't want it but you kind of do because you're afraid of your past or what mm-hmm. could happen to you and you know so hey i'm i'm gonna be honest with you you should really take it like i get that line of thinking but i also it, it also feels a little heavy-handed of like it's ferns like we all know it's ferns but like ferns like i don't i don't want it mm-hmm. I, i'm not so like and it's not so much a complaint as it is like if if Ladna wants it, I'm okay with Ladna taking it. Like no. I don't feel like Burns name tags on it. Like no, Ladna should not take it, bro. You're trying to give what? Delilah the shard. I want to see what happens. <laughs> you know, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Delilah wants the gods protected. Like yeah, mm. sure. Does she? Maybe yeah. she's saying that, but okay. she wants to take Vecna's place. Maybe so. <laughs> Um, so we're on the same page that Ladna should take it. It sounds yeah, like definitely. I think Chetney should take it. Yeah. <laughs> Fire werewolf. Let's go. Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I guess a, a, a better way to put it would be like, I'm okay. If Fern doesn't like it, I think you're right. I think this is going to end up in Fern's hands. Like they're going to get to a situation where Fern's like, okay. But, um, I, I do think it's a little clunky. Like, yeah, this is Fern's quest item. And like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. They've all played together for so long. Like maybe it's just like, you know, clear and clear and present. Like, yeah, this is really like a fern thing. Um, so I don't know. 
that being said, I I could see it going elsewhere, but I think mm-hmm. it 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 probably Ashton, will maybe? go to. No, <laughs> probably not Ashton. <laughs> what if Ashton? What if Talison was like tries to do it again? Are y'all cool if I? <laughs> I did like the thing. There was a line about them talking about Fern taking it or something. And uh, it was like around like maybe Fern's backstory. And then Ashton was like, you know, this was the same line of thinking I had, but (laughs) you know, but it's okay. It's cool. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, Okay. I think, I think just Chetney now, um, which I started to watch your video on Erevan and I thought I should probably watch the episode before I watch this. Oh, yeah. So well, it, it wouldn't have been it. too big of a, a big deal, but yeah. Um, so wait, did you watch it? No, I turned it off. Okay. I have this love hate relationship <clears throat> with spoilers where I, <laughs> yeah, that one actually, it wouldn't have been that bad if you watched that one. Um, but so Chetney, we found out kind of his, his backstory. Um, I love Chetney, man. One of my favorites. You still hate him because of yeah. You did you did a whole video. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that genius. Okay, so come on. I thought it was great. Um, Travis, woo, we love you. Sure. <laughs> uh, but so just to fill, I, I guess I did it in the recap. But again, just to fill everybody in, um, he used to be from the Bramble Wood outside of Western, and his whole family abandoned him around the same time that Erevan, the Rhyme Lord, was wreaking havoc, uh, and that's why he doesn't make connections because he has abandonment issues. Um, is that one of the uh, from the Chroma Conclave? Is that one of the dragons? So no, okay. Or... Yeah. So since you didn't watch the video, this is why it's confusing. Because um, he says that, and then he says, "And I'm afraid of dragons because of it." Erevan is not a dragon. Um, if you guys want the oh. full story, watch my video. Um, plug, plug. I could see how that would be confusing. <laughs> yeah, <like> that. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I Barney terrified. I had nightmares. Uh, and that's why I'm afraid of cats. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'd be like, Ugh. I think it was so just was like a, an accidental slip on Travis's oh, okay. part, <laughs> but there is a dragon involved here. Um, so Erevan okay. is like a, 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 I don't think he's a primordial Titan, but I don't know, but he's like a very powerful, like ice elemental, like a supremely powerful one from the elemental plane, uh, from the elemental planes. So, but he has a, there's a dragon, a young white or not young, but a, a, a dragon uh, called the Sky Sunder that was like Erevan's herald. So like Sky Sunder was this white dragon that would go like scouting for Erevan and stuff. So they kind of worked in tandem. So mm, that's probably okay. Erevan was wreaking havoc. So was this dragon Sky Sunder who like they're like kind of connected. So I think that's what is this, a, is this a it would be a Vox Machina storyline. Was this just like in part of Exandrian lore? Like, is that how you know so, about it? Or so, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just it's part of the lore. So this would have been pre Vox Machina when Ch- the Chime Tetney's talking about. Because I mean, this was like a long time ago, ago or... like three hundred yeah. years ago. Um, yeah. Okay. Like this is sh- this is like right around right after it started being called Taldore. Like it was Gwisar. And then mm-hmm. it became Taldore, and this is like right when Erevan's stuff started popping off. Um, they actually used the Celestial Solstice for him to come from the Elemental Planes to the Prime Plane. Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, this Chetney's old, man. Um, <clears throat> but so, yeah, I, uh, again, slightly more context in, in on that whole story if you want it in that other video. Um, but since we're wrapping things up. I don't want to get too in the weeds on it. Mm. Um, but that's why winter's crest, which is like the kind of 
Christmas-esque holiday in Exandria, it's from this whole story. Because when Erevan was pushed back into the Elemental Plains, the celebration of that is Winter's Crest. Mm. <clears throat> okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, but so Chetney being abandoned, I mean, it, it felt like, I mean, he clearly was abandoned. But at the same time, it, it sort of felt like a situation where, like, maybe his family had to flee. You know, like he was away somewhere else. So, like... yeah. My personal feelings on the matter are he wasn't just straight up abandoned. It was kind of like, this sucks. You know, we need to mm. figure out how to tell our son that we have to leave. Um, so it might be kind of like a heartbreaking story in the sense that like he really wasn't abandoned, but he was so mad that they left. Like he said, he never went and looked for them. So like he never got to find mm. that out. Um, and they may never have known he was even alive either right i mean i'm assuming they they probably had to presume he was dead as well um yeah i guess they could have left a note like that's why you you always leave a note (laughs) hey we kind of had to leave because of this big elemental so we'll be in in this town true you know maybe they did maybe maybe got lost i mean who knows um but yeah i thought it. i just i loved that you know as an explanation for a lot of the facets of chetney that we've seen um You know, there's a million examples to list about what, you know, how he's always so cagey about settling down and why that's not like important to him and yada, yada, yada. Um, And not I don't want to dive into this moment again, but I also liked and I think the video you're referring to earlier is how this knowledge kind of colors that leave scene with Ashton even more. Because I feel like, yeah, for me, it was Chetney, like trying to avoid the same emotional trauma that he's faced his whole life, like. Like he, I'm going to tell you to leave before you can leave me type of thing. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I just, well, and, and I, I'm not disagreeing. I, I agree with you, but I think even on a related note, like um, it was just so brilliant in my head. And now that I'm trying to find the words, <laughs> um, it, I, I have nothing to say about it. Actually. No, I can't you, remember even what I was going to say. Oh, it was no. something like, uh, <laughs> it was something like, uh, what did you say? Like he didn't want to be left. Yeah. Like I think it was um, in part like a, a, a defense mechanism. Like yeah. the group was yeah. kind of falling right. apart, you know, like before you leave me, I'm going to tell you to leave. Yeah. Oh, oh. And I was going to say just that even if he wasn't like making a calculated decision, he was probably making a, a habitual one. Like right. I'm just so, this is so <clears throat> natural to me that yeah. like he reacted in a way of like, this is what, I'm not saying that it wasn't intentional and because we even had him say, like, I wanted to see if he would um, if he would stick around. But, you know, he probably just is so um, conscious of that being an out for people mm-hmm. that, you know, that's just where he kind of just naturally went to. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'd agree with that. Back when he was being too harsh to Ashton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like 30 episodes later, you're like, you really need to let this go, man. <laughs> and I mean, just just for the record, I agreed that it was harsh. <laughs> just for the record. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not even saying that's like the right thing to do in that situation. I just thought it was amazing RP wise. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, I think I think that was everything in the truths, unless you had anything yeah. else. No, just saying again for the second the second uh, communication piece. Uh, again, I think um, I think it's just a good DM lesson. Like a lot of times, what people remember most is like when you use their senses. Um, yeah. So, like you know, um, think about if your party goes to like 
a famous chef finally they've heard about and then you have like you've actually like baked some cookies or mm, something totally. like little things things like that can really um make a deep impression <laughs> on your players and I, I just think i just love how matt designed this um this activity and i think it's just a really great showing of good dming i'm very excited for the next one too yeah so. i agree i i agree completely i thought this was an amazing showcase of what like a great dm can do and 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 especially so because you don't have to be great to do that in the sense that like a lot of people are like oh, i'm not matt mercer i can't dm this moment had nothing to do with voice acting had nothing to do with like creating an amazing narrative that people get immersed in like it was mm -hmm. devoid of all of that it was just tactile like fun mm -hmm. tabletop gameplay and anyone mm -hmm. can do that like anyone can steal that and that was like some of the most fun the players have had in a long time i felt like so like like yeah just repeating everything you said like an amazing actually, DM moment. yeah and i love how you said that i mean um I, I have in one of my campaigns the players are like you know they're in a cave like everyone always ends up in some point yeah but this this theme keeps coming up on who has dark vision and who doesn't and it actually made me think like man what if i handed out blindfolds to the people who don't have it like just for <laughs> this cool. one specific instance um yeah. and then i like i just steal it exactly all right you're gonna have to tell each other <laughs> you should man but i'm just thinking like these little tiny things that just can really i love how you pointed that out like it really had nothing to do with like building a grand narrative and it's just it's just creating a fun activity for your players yeah for sure so. Oh, okay. no. um, well, let us know what you guys thought about this episode. We'd love to talk about it on tomorrow's uh, live stream, our Pixel Bits, Pixel Bits <laughs> weekly wrap up. We don't we don't usually talk about the most recent episodes, the one tonight, just because um, some people haven't seen it. I usually don't uh, watch it live anymore, um, but we will be live tomorrow at one central time. If you want to talk about this episode we're discussing now um anything dnd related dming relating related we'd love to have you uh, yeah. anybody's welcome and it's just a very low-key fun you know half hour hangout so um definitely check that out and again check out our discord so yeah please do please join the discord that's that's honestly the best place to come mm -hmm. interact um but we we do our best to respond to youtube comments and stuff so obviously you know drop your thoughts there but for a more like immediate back and forth conversation the discord is definitely the place to go and um as a as a final well not not to cut you off if you have anything else to say but as a final little thing uh if you're listening to us via podcast first of all thank you so much um but we'd love a review if you are a user of podcasts um you know it doesn't have to be a five star but if it's not we'll find you but you know just whatever your heart's telling you um we'd appreciate it yeah um five star reviews on apple podcasts are really great if you're listening on spotify um clicking the follow button on the podcast is really helpful and you can also leave a review on the podcast on spotify too mm. um but yeah we appreciate you guys for sure yeah absolutely and for any youtubers if you're not already subscribed then that button helps us out tremendously as well bada boom bada bing we're also on all the platforms so if you're if you're an instagram yeah. user if you're a tiktok user um find us there as well yeah i remember the old days when we used to say the tiktok and it's like we should probably stop saying that <laughs> you on the facebook yet yeah i did have someone say i'm on the book to me <laughs> oh no like casually like i'm on the book How and i was like they? they're older <laughs> we're Gotta like yeah i'm hip. on the book 
<laughs> I'm on the book and I was like, I kind of paused because I was like, what is he book? talking about? And then he mentioned like a Facebook group and I was like, oh, he's talking about Facebook. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like that Mean Girls movie I haven't seen, by the way. Um, oh, you know, wait. I feel like we had this conversation now. You've never seen Mean Girls. Never seen it. Bro, it's a classic. But, but I've never seen the meme format of, um, I can't think of the actress's name where she's like, you know, stop trying to make it happen. It's not going yeah. to happen. Uh, um, Rachel McAdams. Yes, Rachel Big McAdams. crush of mine growing yeah. up. Super, and, super and still, cute. And still. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Ryan Gosling for me, but you know. Same. Um, anyway, um, that's kind of how I felt. I was like, stop trying to make the book happen. It's it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Bro, I don't know if I don't know if anyone else in our community would care. They probably wouldn't, but we might have to do a mean girls watch party just to get you up to speed. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic, man. They're Did making they a, sequel, a sequel, I found out, which I don't oh, know how I feel okay. about that. Don't know how I feel about that. I don't like how classic. Maybe we should save this for tomorrow, but I don't like how they take good I mean this is just stupid to say because it's like just how it works but they take good films and they make like a sequel like to kind of milk it Mm -hmm. i'm thinking like frozen 2 not so great um but more specifically jingle all the way when i was trying to get the stream up last weekend (laughs) i saw that there was jingle all the way too and i was like no idea was that larry the cable guy it was (laughs) (laughs) oh man oh frozen 2 when the first trailer for that dropped it was like the one of the best trailers yes. I'd ever seen in my life. Was I was really like, good. I am yeah. in like this was like it was so evocative and beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, it was very good. I, I, it literally it, I'm not even like being hyperbolic. Like I was like, this is one of the best trailers I've ever seen. And then it was such a disappointment. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're on the same page there for sure. I felt like I had one other thing, but it escapes me. So, yeah. All right. Well, join us tomorrow, guys, for our Pixel Bits wrap up uh, here on YouTube. And we appreciate you all following along. We'll catch you later. Bye, y'all.